Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Before we start today's episode, I have some really exciting news to announce. Sliding Doors is going live. On Sunday, the 11th of September at 7pm, I'll be hosting a live podcast event at the Times Life Lesson Festival. I'll be interviewing the brilliant Kelvin and Liz Fletcher and would love to see you all there. It's in King's Cross, and if you go to the event website, Sliding Doors listeners can get 10% off their entry ticket with the discount code DISCO10. I can't wait to see you all there. Now, on with today's episode. My guest today is Roxy Nafusi. Roxy is a self-development coach, Sunday Times bestselling author, podcaster, and mental health ambassador. Born in Saudi Arabia, her family moved to Oxford when she was two. Roxy has been very open about her struggles in her 20s. When she moved to London and joined the party scene, turning to drinking and drugs and going down a toxic path. However, she took control of her life and worked hard to turn everything around, committing her life to transforming the lives of people who suffer emotional and mental health issues, helping them to fulfill their potential. Her book Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life, instantly sold out and gave her the title as the Manifesting Queen and the A-lister's favourite manifester, 
drawing on her own experiences of manifesting her dream life. Roxy lives in London with her beautiful son Wolfie and continues to spread her message through her workshops, talks, podcast and media content contributions. She has helped and inspired so many people and I cannot wait to chat to her today and find out all about the moments that built her path. So welcome to Sliding Doors, Roxy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So no, kind. it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. I've been really excited to chat to you because I think we both have a very big mutual love for listening to other people's life stories and their moments. Yeah. So flipping it around today so I can listen to yours. And <laughs> I guess I first heard of you when you were doing an interview on this morning, I think just before you were launching your book. And you really drew me in because you were just so grateful to be there and you were so excited to be on TV. (laughs) And I was like, this girl seems really brilliant and your book sounded great. And then I went to buy your book the next day and literally it sold out instantly. (laughs) Um, So how was that whole experience for you kind of like launching Manifest and did it really kind of kickstart like a whole new chapter for you? Yeah, I mean, do you know, I think I'd wanted to write this book for a while and when I first had the idea of course like I wanted to manifest that it would be a bestseller so I was like (laughs) kind of full of self-belief at that point but then once I actually wrote it because I only had eight weeks to write it and once I wrote it actually quite a lot of insecurity came in I definitely had imposter syndrome and I thought like this this book is like shit yeah (laughs) I was like it's too simple like I don't know if it's you know have I if I had more time would I have gone into more depth um I loaded I couldn't read it back because I just thought oh it's so cringe I don't know I just really like I had just so much doubt but I tried to just you know really reframe my thinking and stay positive and um did the this morning interview obviously was so excited had been on my vision board yeah, I lo- and that's what I loved. I loved that you yeah. just were so honest about that. It was yeah. great. <laughs> and and then the book came out and I think I really didn't know what to expect. And I think, you know, like with a podcast episode, you know, when you release a podcast episode or you release something that people have to like spend time listening to or reading, mm-hmm. it's not like instant feedback. Yeah. It's like, it takes time for people to read it and then tell you what they think. But a couple of days before the book came out in the UK, somehow someone in Singapore had a copy. (laughs) Randomly. And it it had been in their bookstore and she had bought, started reading it and she bought 15, all the copies in the shop. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, I started reading this book and it was amazing. It was the first person that I'd ever known to read it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, someone likes it. This might be a thing. And then when it sold out, yeah, in 48 hours, like across the country, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) And everybody was tagging it. And then, yeah, it really spread like wildfire. And 100%, it has been um, a completely new chapter. The last six months have been wild and incredible um, and fueled by manifestation. And it's been a real, real honor to see so many people read this book and responding to it and for it to really be creating so much change in people's lives. You know, that is why I wrote it. And so it's a, it's, it's such an honor to be able to be contributing to the well-being of others. Yeah, definitely. And it just must be, it's an amazing feeling when you know, and like you've said before that you really want to help other people. And this is such a brilliant way to do that. And One thing I really wanted to ask you is, what did you want to be when you were younger? So, you know, growing up, 
did you know I'm sure you didn't imagine sitting here writing a best-selling book or maybe you did and you manifested it from a young age but what did a young Roxy want to be um well there's two things one thing I really wanted to be a lawyer okay yeah I really wanted to be a lawyer but then I realized that there was so much studying and <laughs> yeah, reading. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And I was like, oh my God. But I always, at school, I would say English was always my favorite language. I always loved writing essays. And I I, I did then always used to say, um, I'm going to write, I'm going to write books when I'm older. Like I'm going to really? write a book. Yeah, I think even then. But then I, but then once I went to university, I studied psychology. And then when I left uni, you know, you forget those dreams that you have mm-hmm. as kids. And actually it was only years later that that dream of writing a book came back. But I did used to think at school, I was always the one kind of giving people advice. Yeah. I always think I was a bit wiser than my years. And so in in some ways, yeah, this was definitely always going to happen. Yeah. Well, you believed in it, so it did. Yeah. And I guess you speak a lot about kind of being on um, you know, a journey of self-validation and self-love. And that's come from a lot of like bad situations and hardship that you've had in your life. Mm-hmm. Where do you kind of feel like you are now on, on your personal journey? I feel like so good. I feel so good. good. I think, um, you know, I really, I really commit to healing and mm-hmm. I really do practice what I preach. And I do love who I am. I do love who I am as a person. Um, I am really proud of how far I've come. Like I truly feel proud of that. Um, I love who I am as a mother. Um, But of course there are still insecurities that I'm working on. You know, I went to this wedding on the weekend and it was with a lot of like old friends that I haven't seen for years. And it was like I had just regressed. 10 years it's madness isn't it you become a totally different person I was like timid insecure self-conscious I felt so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait to get home which is awful because I was in a really nice place but I was I really did struggle so I I I, you know immediately when I got home I had a healing session in a child work went back what was the pattern and then I felt much better so that's still there and then what's come up I think for me is now that I'm, you know, my career is such a prominent part of my life and at work, I'm very, very direct. I have a very clear vision. And I think as a woman, you know, if a a man's direct and headstrong, they're like, wow, this is amazing. It's so great. As a woman, I still get really paranoid about how I'm being perceived for being Mm -hmm. that way. And so I'm actually battling with that a little bit at the moment because I'm like I have really high expectations at work I want people to perform and you know because I work so hard and I really want people to work hard with me yeah and so I don't know part of me is still navigating um those in that inner critic of going like but because I'm so because I always want to be kind and gentle, but yeah. then in a workspace, you can you be kind and gentle, done. but you also have to have a, yeah. a more masculine energy and a at drive. Work. And so it's just trying to balance those. Definitely. And listen, you make a great point. 
no one's ever just like perfectly happy all the time in their perfect self. And I think what you said is when you do digress to kind of those feelings that you were like when you were younger or whatever, you now know how to kind of cope with them and the things mm. that can help you through them. And um, I think that's what's so great is. And I think one really brilliant thing about you is how kind of uniquely honest you are about everything in your life. I don't think I've ever heard someone speak so openly about addiction and the things that you've been, went through. And I think it's so important for people to be able to, you know, see that raw part of you. Mm-hmm. And I guess, what does kind of the word manifest mean to you? So from, from what you kind of have been through in your life, what does that word mean? It means understanding your limitless potential. And mm-hmm. it means taking control of your life, becoming the author of your own story and changing the reality you experience through the power of your mind. And I think that for me, you know, and I've said this in a few interviews, but manifesting is such a trend that it becomes so devalued and people kind of throw the word around. And Mm -hmm. I always get like, not upset. I'm like, oh, (laughs) it's not a trend more than that you know it's such for me it means so much to me and I think that you know authenticity passion all Mm -hmm. of that is magnetic and so if I think about why this book has done well or why I'm at the forefront of speaking about this subject it's probably because I am so deeply passionate about it and it really means so much to me um, on a personal level and I think that um yeah it just it, it manifesting is everything to me and i think the reason why people are so drawn in is because of how authentic you are like as you say you live breathe it you talk mm. about your story um and one thing i wanted to ask you about the books you obviously draw on your own experiences but there's a lot of kind of knowledge in there did you have to do a lot of research into kind of like the depths of the mind or that or was it purely just from everything that you've been through yeah, no, I didn't do any research. It's amazing. I, I do not know how you did it. No, I didn't do any. You know, it's kind of weird. It's like, I was I, I would say this to Wade often. It's like, I'm writing and you write in like flow state. So, you know, you're not, con- you're not even conscious. You're just like, words are just coming out. Yeah. And when I read it back, sometimes I'm like, when did I learn that? Or like, I where so did that true. come from? Yeah. Or like, Is it's kind me? of incredible. Yeah, it's like. I think when I first discovered self-development and manifesting, I really immersed myself in learning and I just, I threw myself into it. I was listening to podcasts every day, reading Mm -hmm. self-help books and not actually specifically on manifestation, just about self-development and growth because that, you know, for me, manifesting is the umbrella. Self-development just sits underneath it. And so obviously I was just taking in so much information and then I don't know, compartmentalizing it in my own way and deconstructing it and then reconstructing it. And then it just comes out in this book and in my talks and stuff. So, but yeah, I don't really, it's hard to even pinpoint where I pick things up, but I suppose you just, if you're interested in something, definitely keep taking it in. And you've definitely found, I think what you're on this planet to do, if it comes to you that easily. And what, what, from everything you've kind of been through, especially over the last kind of six months, what's the biggest wow moment for you so far with with everything? If you kind of were to look at yourself, you know, from 10 years, 20 years ago, mm. what would you say is like, wow, I can't believe that happened? I think it would probably be Vogue's article. Yeah. Um, 
because I think, you know, I used to, Vogue is like fucking Vogue. Like we all dream of it. Yeah. And I think that I had really felt like I was so uncool. Like I was always just like such a loser. Like that was my thing. It's like, I never fit in. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't cool enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't skinny enough. I really was just, I always felt like so much the outsider mm-hmm. and Vogue is like all about what's fashionable and cool. And so <laughs> me, yeah. And I, so I think to have my book in a publication, which I probably thought like, there's no way in hell they would ever even know who I am. Um, it just felt really cool. And, you know, they called it 2022's answer to the secret. And obviously everybody knows the secret and what a phenomenon yeah. that was. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was just beyond, like, it was so amazing and I'm so proud of it. But it's so great to appreciate those moments because they can go by so quickly. And I hope you've got it framed or like in a glass box somewhere. <laughs> Do you know what? I think it's such a good point. Do you know, every step of this year, I have really taken time to like, taken everything yeah because I do feel like I'm living a dream like everything that's happening I'm so grateful for and it isn't just down to me it's down to my audience like I I have the best community like they're so engaged they're so kind they're the ones shout the the book once I handed it over it really isn't my book anymore yeah it's like theirs and they're the ones that are like sharing it promoting it recommending it talking about it with such passion and so I feel very very grateful and I really do stop every day and I'm just like ah it's happening and for me it isn't like oh my god what's next what's next what's next you know I went for I don't know if I should really be saying this but I went for a meeting an agency wanted to take me on because I don't have any management or anything and I, and I don't want one I, yeah. I'm really happy doing it myself and they said um oh you're not going to ever be able to scale just you I was like what's the rush I don't want to scale like, yeah. I'm so happy with how things are like things are growing organically I truly believe that manifesting will take me wherever I'm supposed to go mm-hmm. there is no rush to like so I think true. that's what happens to so many people is that actually they, they get caught up in this like where the kind of corporations try to like scale things so fast yeah. that they that they lose themselves. But, when, but like whenever anything is instant, instant fame, instant anything, it goes mm. the next day and you mm. don't grow and you don't build that following and that path for yourself. And I'm fully with you with the organic growth. It's exactly yeah. what I do with the podcast as well. Um, yeah. I love it so much and well done for being grateful every day because I think it's such an important thing that we all need to do. Um, yeah. So before we go on to talking about your Slime Doors moments, I'd love to ask you, um, what are your kind of thoughts and beliefs around the Sliding Doors concept? So we've hopefully all seen the film. Mm. Um, do you kind of believe everything's about timing? Do you think our paths are written for us? It's fake coincidence. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I think it's fascinating that one moment can change your whole life, like one decision. Yeah. And I think that's both like terrifying and really exciting at the same time. And I think that because I now believe so much in manifesting and I trust that um, while things like if we have a clear vision and we know where we want to get to, but we surrender to the journey that leaves us there. It means that these sliding door moments, like no matter what result they are, they're all for a greater cause, like yeah. for, for, the, for your greater self, your higher self in the future. And so it's almost like 
I almost don't think they're a coincidence. I think the universe is always working to creating the reality that we think that we deserve. And so I think, yeah, I don't think they're a coincidence. And I remember my ex always used to say to me, um, there's a million ways to get to the same point. Mm -hmm. So it's like, actually, you maybe your decision would have went another way, but ultimately you probably would have ended up in the same place. Maybe. Yeah, it's like, it's like traffic. It's like driving. It's yeah. like the destination's there, but there are roadworks yeah. and there are things. And Exactly. And that's exactly manifesting, right? Yeah. It's, it's exactly it. It's the destination. You'll get to where you want to go, but you might take a few detours on the way and yeah. manifesting is just going to lead you there. So I think it's an amazing concept. And I think it's, and I just think it's interesting. I think it's such a good concept for the podcast. I think I love the idea of hearing what could have happened, what could have been, but yeah, it's just surrendering to like, ah, there was a reason for everything. Yeah. And I think, I think also what I love is, is that people can kind of really look back and pinpoint where they were and kind of the path that they took and where it could have gone. Mm. So um, I can't wait to chat to you about yours. So <laughs> your first moment is um, changing my name from Rowan to Roxy. So yeah. um, I actually didn't know this about you. So I'm really excited to kind of hear the backstory. So explain how this was a slang doors moment for you and kind of take us back to that time when you made the decision. So I had been at, I grew up in school in Oxford and I'd always, you know, I was Arabic. My family were very, you know, I was Muslim. My family were Muslim. Um, and I, it was, I felt very, very much the outsider mm-hmm. ever since I can remember. I, I wasn't, I didn't have a happy childhood. Yeah. Okay. There wasn't like a safe emotional space at home. I felt very different at school. Um, I'd never, I really, I have very few happy memories as a child. Mm-hmm. I was very lonely and it just wasn't a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and when um, I went to secondary school, as I went to secondary school, the Iraqi war broke out. And of course, Muslims became terrorists, yeah. right? And it was, there was so much um, in the media that was just attacking Muslims and specifically Iraqis because of yeah. Saddam Hussein. And so I immediately, on top of already feeling like an outsider, you know, I remember I never wanted to get tanned. I never, I felt I had such dark circles and very like pale. I was like pale olive yellow, but with dark circles. I felt very ugly. I felt like from, from as long as I could remember. Mm -hmm. And so then for this Iraqi water broke out, it was just really, really difficult. And, um, I remember, I actually didn't remember because I blocked out the memory for some time until my mum reminded me. But the kids at my school, um, in my new secondary school, had told me, had locked me in a phone box for like a couple of hours calling me Saddam. And my mum had come and found me. And the bullying at that school was pretty horrific. I mean, I've actually never shared this before, but there was a girl older than me who was, it was kind of this really toxic relationship. They would kind of like befriend me and then be like really vile like to me. It was, aggressive. it was really weird. And I remember th- there was a time where they would literally tell me to like slip my wrists. Like it was fucked up. Awful. Like ki- kids can be just really evil. Yeah. And this, this was like constant. It was really awful. And so eventually I remember telling the teachers and they were just like, we're not going to do anything. The teachers were just as bad, to be honest. It's terrible. And so fi- once I told the teachers and they were like, we're not going to do anything, my parents were like, right, I'm pulling you out of school. We're going to send you to 
a school across the road, um, but it was co-ed. And my par- uh, my parents were so devout Muslim, they'd never allowed me to talk to boys before. Really? Yeah. I mean, my dad, not so much. My mum was very, very, very strict. And so I was really nervous, but really excited, really happy to get out of this place. And in this summer, I remember talking to like a friend I had who was at a different school and she was very confident. She's very different to me. And I was saying, you know, like, how am I going to go to school and not be like rejected for being Arabic? And, and together we had decided I'll change my name. Really? Because if people, people, yeah. Rowan became to me an identity that I didn't want to associate with. Yeah. I had already by the age of 12 completely rejected who I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be me. Yeah. And I felt that first impressions were everything. And if I went to this new school and I said, oh, my name's Rowan, people are going to automatically think she's different. And I was so sick of being different. You wanted a fresh start. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll change it. So my friend had said to me, oh, what about Rocky? (laughs) And I was like, nah. And I was like, not Rocky. I was like, Roxy. But then there was the surf brand, Roxy with a Y. Oh my God, So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll do it with an IE. And then that was it. And it was like this two minute decision. And there I was with um, a new name and essentially a new identity, what it felt like. And what did your and parents think when you when you said you wanted to change your name? I can't really remember. I, I don't I mean, I don't remember them being too bothered about it because my mom's name is Colter, but she had kind of nicknamed herself Kathy because it was easier for people to pronounce yeah. her work. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe on some level they kind of like understood. Yeah. So yeah, so I started this new school um, and things were definitely better there. Like there wasn't the, there wasn't like the racism there. I mean, there was different things going on, of you know, course. girls and I in secondary yeah. school. High school. <laughs> but um, I definitely... I definitely felt like I was more accepted. Um, And then to me, it kind of became like Rowan was the person I was at home Mm -hmm. and Roxy was like the person I was trying to fit in. And that really was, I think, the source of so much. Only now, and I'm I'm really only thinking about it now, is that was probably the source of so much of my agony. Definitely. Because I was so afraid to be myself and I just wanted to be liked. So Mm -hmm. I spent all those years, you know, just trying to fit in somewhere, trying to be someone that other I thought other people would want me to be, you know, and I really, I still really, I mean, my body type was different to the other girls at school who were the cool girls. And I really struggled with that. And, you know, girls say things to you that stick with you and they really influence you. And, so that led to kind of, you know, disordered eating, yeah. which of course then led, not of course, but which then for me led to drugs. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, often people, I talk about my addiction and it's like, yeah, but the addiction didn't come from nowhere. Mm-hmm. It came from this like deep desire to escape myself. Yeah. Um, and that started, I mean, I started drinking um, and taking drugs almost immediately as I left school. Wow. So, um, I mean, it's, it's an amazing moment because listen, high school is really hard. Girls Mm. are horrible. Boys are horrible. Like you're figuring out yourself. And I think, you know, we all, we all kind of want to be someone we're not when we're at high school. Like I remember I had big boobs and I was like, I don't want any boobs. I'm so different to everybody. But I think for you to be going through that at such a young age, you know, you wanted to put 
something behind you and start something new, brilliant. You can do a fresh start. But, you know, mentally, that's a lot to go through when you're that age. Mm. Um, And as you say, it probably is also kind of part of everything that you've been through because you've always kind of split something, pushed something aside. And I mean, did you, did you, you mentioned this, but did we, did your parents call you Rowan at home? Was that yeah. weird? Did it, has it always kind of stayed quite separate? Yeah. So my, my family all still call me Rowan now. Really? And my um, nieces and nephews call me Wani for like Rowani. Uh-huh. So yeah, very much at home. I'm still Rowan. They've never called me Roxy. Um, and so it's kind of strange, but now obviously it's, even Wade, actually, when we're around my family, he calls me Rowan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's definitely different. But I think now, you know, I don't have that. I'm one person at home and one person otherwise. Yeah. Now I've blended the two, two really, really well. But, um, yeah, like, you know, my life would be so different if my name wasn't Roxy. You know, yeah. I do think it is who I am, actually. And it suits me so well. And I love my name now. And it's just so strange that, yeah, it could have been a Rocky. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It could have, could have been anything. And I guess, do you really ever think about, because we, I love to kind of go back to that one moment and be like, if you hadn't have really made that decision to change mm. your name, I mean, listen, you didn't change your name and then everything was a bed of roses for the rest of your mm. life. But how different do you think things would have been if you did kept your name? I think I would have never allowed myself to even try to fit in. Yeah. I think I don't know how people would have judged me based on my name. I can never know. But I think that I, by changing my name, I gave myself an opportunity to show up differently. Yes, And I think that if I hadn't, then I may have, you know, really kept myself hidden even more at at this new school. So I would never have given myself even a chance. Listen, and all the best famous people have two names. They've all all got their original name and their show name. And listen, I think it's a good, it's such a really brilliant message. And also I'm Jenny with an IE. So I think IE is much better than Wise. Oh my God, IE all the way. IE all the way. Um, That is a brilliant story. Thank you for sharing that so much. And Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It takes us on to your second moment, which is deciding to start my Agony Aunt Sunday. So mm. this is something that you used to do on your Instagram, um, but I'd love you to really take it back to how it all started and explain how this was your sliding doors moment. Yeah. So when, um, you know, before before everything, before Manifest, before the book, when I was still kind of in the grip of my addiction and pre 
meeting Wade or discovering manifesting. Um, what I was doing was I was trying to be an influencer, but I was fucking awful because I hated <laughs> having my picture taken. I had chronic body dysmorphia, um, something that has been an ongoing journey for me. Um, so I re- and I was taking drugs you know, all the time. So I was really doing nothing. Nobody was working with me. Um, literally nobody. Um, (laughs) all that was happening was I was being invited to parties Yeah, and I would go to these parties and get fucked up and make a fool of myself. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. But, um, I did have this kind of affiliation with wellness because I would go on, uh, I'd be invited to go try these like health retreats. And I would notice that after a health retreat, I'd feel really good. Yeah. And so I kind of was like, oh, like maybe I like wellness. I quite liked working out and exercising. And um, I was at this point, I was just, I wanted to just, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I would write to all the publications and be like, please, can I write for you for free? Yeah. Like as we all do at some point. Yeah. I'll do anything. And finally, Marie Claire, like I think they got bored of my emails. They were like, fine, like you can write something. So in 2016, when I was 26, I decided, and I don't know what overcame me, but I decided to write um, an open letter, basically being like, I'm really fucking depressed. And this was way before mental health was being was a thing. talked about. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm such a loser. This is so uncool. If I'm already uncool, this is not helping me. But I don't, I just felt like I, maybe that's always been in me that I feel yeah. like when I, when I express things openly, it's like such a release. And it and helps you as well as other people. 100%. And so I released it and I actually, people responded like, kindly like not loads but like I had people being like oh my god I feel so much better yeah and so that was kind of the first time I'd really started speaking about it and then from that moment in 2016 I started just being a little bit more open about mental health wellness um kind but like in and out because I would I was mostly like partying and then I'd have like a week of being healthy yeah so it was like very sporadic And then I had decided to go and do a yoga teacher training course. I was already kind of wanting to get into this space. I just was really struggling to give up addiction. So I could never get there. Anyway, then I discovered manifesting. Then I meet Wade. I was still in my addiction, but I was trying to give it up. I was really, really trying at this point to get a hold of it. And so I went on another retreat. Of course. <laughs> Just another one. Yeah. So I went on a retreat and on this retreat, I remember exactly where I was sat on the sofa in the living room. Love and that. I decided to put a question box and call it Agni Aunt Sundays. And I was like, I'm just going to give people some advice and see mm-hmm. what happens and see if anyone writes and, and wants any advice. Yeah. You know, I'm good at giving advice. This could be a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I probably had like seven or eight questions come in and Which I really, enjoyed, yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And I was yeah. like, that was really fun. I really liked helping. And a few people replied to my replies and they were like, yeah. oh yeah, that's good advice or whatever. So I was like, that was really nice. And so I thought I'll do it again the next week. Did it the next week and got a few more questions. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Then I found out I was two months pregnant. And I'd only known Wade three months. Yeah. And 
I went into like very rapidly and I've spoken about this so many times before, but I went into like a very, very, very deep depression. Um, I suddenly had to give up all my addictions. I still had no money. Wade had Mm -hmm. no money. Yeah. Like it was, I I also was just like, I was terrified of commitments. It was like the worst thing that could have happened to me. And um, everything just spiraled and my mental health became the worst it's ever been um I've never ever reached lows like I did in that pregnancy mm-hmm. but I just started acting out Sundays and so every Sunday I kept this thing going because wow. I stopped leaving the house yeah. I was gaining weight and comfort eating I obviously wasn't taking pictures of myself doing anything influencery at all I wasn't going out I wasn't doing yeah. anything and I still you know if I wasn't working then I was definitely not working out yeah but I was doing an acting out Sunday and that was my way of kind of keeping myself on Instagram, connecting with people. And it gave me like these few hours every Sunday where I was out of my head, mm-hmm. where I was gave you not, consistency as well. Yeah. And I was thinking about not myself, but about helping others. And I always think that when you're in your lowest, like when you can help someone else, it's like the best thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And it was from that, that I began my career in self-development Amazing. Because I was like, this is what I want to do. I just want to help people. And weirdly, um, I had met with Debbie Frank, the astrologer, for the first time when I was pregnant. And she had predicted Wolf's due date. And she said to me, your purpose here is to empower women. Really? She was like, and you're going to empower so many. Your reach is huge. And I was like, oh, really? I don't know. Like I was not, you know, and she was absolutely on the money. It is what I'm here to do. And it if it wasn't for me starting that Agni Aunt Sundays just before I got pregnant, I don't know what would have happened because yeah. if I, I wouldn't have started it while I was pregnant, I don't think, because I wasn't in the headspace to think totally. of something. Yeah. I wouldn't have had the confidence to do it. And so having started it just before was like this blessing from the universe. I meant to be fully. 100%, because it started my career, it built my community, it built an audience which didn't need me physically. It didn't need yeah. my face. It didn't need what I looked like. It didn't need me. It just needed my my mind my advice mm-hmm. and my ability to help others and so that became how I valued myself it was the only way I could value myself at that time yeah. and then when I had Wolf I built my career through that small community I had built and that's how I did my first workshop and then did my manifesting workshop second. Amazing. So, yeah. I love this moment because first of all, I love that you remember the couch that you were sat on because <laughs> yeah. I think we all do. Like we're all, sometimes when we're away, like our brains open up and we're like, could I do that? And you're like, no. And then you're like, but I actually could. Like what's to say yeah. I can't. And I think it goes back to your point earlier of that kind of organic, authentic growth because mm. you didn't do it to be like, right, I want to do this to be famous. It's going to make me an influencer. Yeah, yeah. You did it because you had, you'd like, I'll try it, see. And it also really seemed to help you through your journey. Like, you know, having that consistency, community is everything to people. When we can start to build community, speak to people, realize that we're not alone and we're not the only people that go through what we do. um, It's amazing. And it sounds like as well that the timing is just was meant to be, because as you said, that, that needed to happen then. And I guess, do you really just think that the whole kind of journey you've been on now would not have happened if you hadn't have kind of started that when you did yeah I think it would be very different because 
I had 10 months essentially of building a community mm-hmm. and a strong message and understanding that that was what I wanted to do. Yeah. And if I haven't had, if I hadn't have done that, I think, and then, and also I needed like the low of the pregnancy to really understand and build that. You have to be, you have to go through that pain to empathize with do. others. Totally. And I think that if I hadn't have built that time, it would have been harder for people to really accept me from one minute being a party girl. And that was still something I had to battle with at the beginning, you know, going from someone that's just like fucking snorting lines of toilet seats to, hey, I'm going to like come to myself. Yeah, love workshop. People have to respect you. It takes yeah. time to, to be able to, for people to understand that you have changed. And having that Agony Aunt Sundays gave me that space to show people that I really, who I, who I was. Yeah, such a light bulb moment. And also obviously then meant you had this community of people all ready for your next sliding doors moment, exactly. which is so exciting. I'm really excited to hear about this one. Um, Cause again, I, I just, I, I love imagining the moment when you did this. So your third moment is sending an email to Penguin that got me the book deal. So yeah. you've already said that you don't have a manager. So you did all this on your own. Yeah. Um, And I'm guessing that, you know, this just felt like such a defining life-changing moment for you and such a kind of big moment in your career but also personally so explain how you got to the point of sending an email and being like I'm gonna do this yeah so I do so I actually describe this story a little bit in the book um but basically on my 2021 vision board on New Year's Eve I always do a vision board and I had written um book written and edited ready for release Like I was so specific and bear in mind, it was ready for release six days after the next year. So it was like, exactly. mad. And so I'd written it and about two weeks later, someone messaged me um, from another publishing house saying, hi, are you looking to write a book? We'd love to talk. And I was like, huh? Yeah, I am. So we spoke and they gave me an offer. um, And I was like, yeah, it's a good offer. And I was like, there was something that just like, wasn't right was it like a gut feeling yeah I was like they didn't have like the energy I wanted and also I really wanted Penguin yeah like they were like the publishing house you're gonna do it you want to go big yeah so I was (laughs) like "Mm." so I decided to so so I was on so I decided to turn it down but I was still like, shit, like, have I made the right decision? Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, Olivia was coming over for lunch that day. So she came over and I said to her, look, I've got this, um, offer from this publishing house. What do you think? And she was like, Oh, why don't you ask Eliza day? And I was like, well, I don't know Eliza day. And she's not going to, she's not going to message me back. Um, I was like, Oh, but I do know her agent, Grace. I've been friends with her for years. But I haven't had spoken to her for a while, but mm-hmm. I've known her for years. And I was like, I'll message Grace. So I messaged Grace on the Sunday and I was like, hey, babe, um, I was wondering if you give me some advice. I've been given this offer. Uh, what do you think? And she was like, look, it's a really good offer. If you, if you like them, I would take it. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not sure. Look, if anything comes up or you hear anything, just let me know. The next day, I was in the bath and my phone goes off and it's Grace. And she goes, I cannot believe I forgot. This morning, I had a meeting with the editor of Nonfiction at Penguin. They're looking for a new book. Oh my God. Here's her email address. 
And I just thought, oh, come on, like how? Like the day before, the day after I messaged her, she just happens to have this meeting. Yeah. And so I already knew then. I was like, like, it's going to happen. Yeah. So I email Ioni and I, subject was like the manifest book. And I was basically like, hey, this is who I am. I do these seven steps, workshops, um, the steps work. I'm going to write the best-selling book on manifesting. I've already got another off on the table. Do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, um, let's meet on Thursday on Zoom. And my the first self-development book I ever read was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Mm-hmm. And when I got on the Zoom to her, the book sat on the right of her was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And no. I, was like, oh. I, was like, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. And she, we got on so well. And two days later, they made me an offer. And obviously I don't have an agent um, or anything. So I said to her, Did I you play dub- it cool or were you like? I said, yes, I please. want double. <laughs> and she Go said, you. we'll call you back. And then they called me back two hours later and they were like, we'd like to accept the offer. Um, Amazing. And I was like, fab. And that was it. And then they said, you've got eight weeks to write it. <laughs> So I was like, ah. so yeah, it was just um, a perfectly aligned oh my set gosh. of moments. This story gives me like full on life because I think that it's so many examples to people. I think the first one is, is that, you know, if you hadn't have contacted, because the thing is, if you hadn't have contacted Grace on that one day, yeah, yeah. just before she was meeting it, and it all, it all kind of aligned up, as you said, and it's, and it's, it's that feeling that it's meant to be and trusting that yeah. if there was something that niggled you that the first one wasn't right. Yeah, yeah, I knew. Um, but you know, like everything, like selling sunset, you've always got to have a backup offer. So it's always good yeah, to also yeah. have that, that side of you. But I guess the... It's the also, la- you know, take... Act, it's like really about taking action. Yeah. Like if you have an idea, act on it. Like yeah. don't wait. It happens Nothing to me again, happen. like the next... That, that summer just gone, I was desperate to write for Vogue, you know, and I'd had the editor's email, the digital editor, because my friend had given it to me. She wasn't supposed to, obviously, but she just handed it to me. And I'd, I'm not joking. I'd emailed her three times and just oh, got no story response. story of my life, yeah. No <laughs> response. Anyway, I was doing a podcast and I had this idea. I was like, I'm just going to see if I can write about manifesting. Like, you never know. So I just stopped my workout, emailed her, and she replied straight away going, there's an article being submitted on manifesting in two days. You can contribute. And I was like, if I hadn't done it at that moment, they would have written a manifesting article and I would have really pinched myself that I hadn't been able to be a part of it. And you know what? Like, I think I've learned now that I really don't care if I annoy people with emailing them <laughs> because at the end of the day, you never, ever know. And if you don't, if you're not putting yourself out there, then you're not going to yeah, be, agreed. you're not going to be in the game. Um, and I guess how, how did, because you would have always written the book manifest. I think yeah. that's like a given, but how different do you think things would have been if it hadn't have been with Penguin? So if you'd have gone with the first offer, mm. do, do you ever think about how different, because it all aligns so well for you. How do you think it could have happened? I think that knowing I was signing with Penguin probably gave me like a different confidence or like a different like safety behind it. Cause I knew they were like such a big, operation and yeah you know it's one of those things that actually it's hard to know of course it is yeah it's hard to know would I have gone for the orange would my mindset have been different like Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know if actually because 
they're a bigger company. Like, I don't know, but I don't know how much they believed in the book because. But you I, did, and I think that's probably I what did. drove and I them. Think they, I think everybody was quite surprised by its success. But like, but, I think how, you know, very briefly, how has this book like changed your life? Oh, just like, I've just never felt more proud of anything in my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every time I see it on like, I saw it on like a website that, that used it for styling for their like homeware pieces, mm-hmm. or you see people like randomly tagging it and like, or getting DMs about it or seeing it. You know, I saw someone on holiday reading it when I was walking past them. Like, it's just surreal. And I definitely feel like I'm living a dream. So it's changed my life in every way. It's incredible. And before we let you go, what is next for Roxy? What's on the horizon? Um, Who knows? But I would definitely like to go into TV next. Mm-hmm. interesting yeah. yeah really exciting um mm-hmm. oh Roxy thank you so so much honestly oh, thank you I've loved this I've chat loved so it I could much. chat to you all day about <laughs> all the things that have happened to you and I, I I fully believe in all of these alignments and your moments have been brilliant and are so, so inspirational to our listeners um and so excited to see what you do next and oh, thank you so much thank you so much that was so so lovely thank you thanks Roxy bye bye Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.